Well, welcome back, Rejects. Thank you for joining me today. It's me, Tony the Kid. I can't do a good rundown show without my co-host. Say what's up, Director RJ. Mm. Oh, that lay way. How now, Brown Cow? How now, Brown Cow? We practiced this two seconds ago. Uh-huh. I got Doritos in my mouth. Damn it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. How y'all doing? It's me, Director RJ. There you go. Jack the Mac, say what's up, man? What's going on, everybody? We got an uh, interesting show today. It's very uh, disgusting, you know? Disgust, disgust, fiend, fiend. What? Long discussions, I guess. There you saying. go. That's yeah. what you're trying to say. Anyways, yes. It's Not disgusting, like gross, okay? I mean, he's kind of gross at times. But yeah, yeah that's true. That's <laughs> yeah, facts. That we'll is get facts. into it. It's a good show. All right, guys. Now, today's rundown, we're going to be discussing the A&D special of Mick Foley. Um... We're going to be kind of going over revamp what kind of ha- happened in his lifetime just because there's a lot of stuff myself did not realize or even knew about the whole scenario. Um, we had Mick Foley. The beginning of the show was actually pretty good because I did not know he went to high school with Kevin James, the comedian. Yes. Mm-hmm. From All Queens of Com- All Queens. What is it? Queens King, of Kings, Kings of Queens. King of Queens. King, King of, of Queens. Queens. There you go. Yes, that TV show. And freaking Grown Ups. If you guys remember those, if you've ever seen any of those shows, you know who Kevin James is. He's the big, tough, uh, chunky guy, basically. Hilarious. Love him. Yeah. Love the guy. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was on the wrestling team back then. They both were, right? Yeah. yeah they were freaking teammates. They were wrestling teams. They were opponents. They went against each other a few times. Mm-hmm. That was even intense. I did not realize that. That's actually pretty cool. So... I think that was one have a uh, heck of a good thing to kind of know about the guy. Um, Mick Foley. Now, this is why I got I, I had to add this on there because, again, Kevin Sullivan's name comes up again. Crosses path with Kevin Sullivan before enters the wrestling biz. A little after that, he gets released. Now, how fishy crap is that? Well, here's one thing I want to tell you, though. Get it, director. Is he alive? Is it Kevin ah. Sullivan? No, Mick Foley. Oh, Mick Foley. Oh. This is true. Yes. Okay. He crossed paths with Sullivan, but he mm. didn't do anything that would, you know, pee off Sullivan. There you go. So I think, you know, uh, Ian, I think Sullivan probably works for WWE. I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. WWE, WWE is not going to make Sullivan look bad if he had anything to do with anyone else. Mm-hmm. So here they're trying to put Sullivan as, you know, oh, well, things didn't work out. You know, we just fight it out. Nicely go out the way. Yeah. Nicely. Allegedly. It's Allegedly. Like <laughs> we, you know, broke his, like, punched his tires out. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Or anything. Now you're wondering, okay, so now you know if you cross them, okay, but uh, you didn't cross them completely. Mm-hmm. True. That's why Foley is still out here talking about, you know, his life and he's and able to, like, yeah. Had a good future. Yeah. I think just because what happened was that he kind of wrestled. He got into the, you know, in the wrestling base. He did his little, you know, small shows that went about and everything like that. And I, during those shows, that's when he ended up crossing his path with Kevin Sullivan. So, and that I think he had just got hired on to WCW and... I think it's something happened with him and Kevin Sullivan. I don't know if they had a match with each other, if I'm not mistaken, or some sort of like that. And I don't think Kevin liked it. Him, he didn't like what was going on. He didn't like it. it didn't. No, mm, not at all. <laughs> so he ends up leaving there. A little bit after that, he meets his wife. I guess after he meets his wife, according to his wife, he's like he picked up his game. 
He started stepping up. He started doing his promos a little bit better. His matches were a little bit more intense. He was doing a lot more, you know, more in inspir- like you can tell there's more inspiration basically. Exactly. More, more uh, back backfire yeah. with the guy. Yeah. So that was pretty good. You know uh, one thing I realized? You ever look at wrestlers? You ever realize that each wrestler, their wife has been the like the guys who have made it higher. Mm-hmm. Their wife has been the like the motivation for them to That's keep correct. going. Think of Austin. Okay, Stone Cold. He didn't get his name. He didn't come out with, "Oh, well, my name is going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin." That's right. No. His wife is the one that's like, that's your name right there, you know? She gave him something, he's like, oh, this is Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. And True. she's like, that's your name. Right. Stone Cold Steve Austin. They Use that up- from now on. Yeah, exactly. They come up with that and start using some type of scenario around that. Like, that oh. actually helped up a lot better. Then you had the Rock's uh, ex-wife, you know? She brought, you know, oh, him man. and her. They're, they're partners in... Even the- to this day. Yeah. That's right. So it's like, yeah. You didn't know that, Zach? In what? They're partners in all their business. Oh, yeah. his wife. I didn't know that. The Seven Bucks Productions. That's not that's the one that he him and his, his wife, his ex-wife. With. Not the yeah. one that he has his daughter with though. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. well, his first daughter. Okay, because I okay because his first marriage they had him having one child, which was one daughter, mm-hmm. and she's already like in her twenties now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she's right? actually in the performance center that, to be awesome. Exactly. exactly. Right. Yes, you are right. My bad. Went over there. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what else we got? Then. Um, yeah, they have a big music business. They have everything Bunch going man, on. Elizabeth, Elizabeth. what she did oh, yeah. for him. He That's true. Been. That's true. I mean, he would still be a champion, but where <laughs> would he been without Elizabeth walking with him? Yeah, exactly. I love you. <laughs> I love you, Elizabeth. Will you marry me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, get off the topic, but you know, mm-hmm. let's go from there. So again, he goes. He does a lot of uh, his wrestling in the background. Then I guess WCW comes calling. Goes back to WCW. They were looking for somebody to go against Sting to give him that intensity, give him that push. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, they looked at Mick Foley. Mick Foley was the it guy. He's like he'll he'll make you go over. He'll give you that type of match to get like make you look invincible or. You know, just say that you're you're the intense guy, basically. So that was pretty cool. Love, I love them mentioning Sting in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the weird part about that before he <coughs> left, like the first time he left ACW, uh, he was actually being named Charles, like Mick Cactus uh, Jack Manson. Yeah, they were they changing him to Manson. To, they wanted to be like the Manson family, like the leader. You know, Charles. Oh, Benson that's right. Yeah, yeah. They, they want to have a look, and mm-hmm. they actually. Kind of went into the look. He got with it. I was okay with that. Yeah, but I'm just glad he didn't go with that, you know, that persona. I think when he found Cactus Jack the way he did, yeah, that's when you know, oh, this is Cactus Jack. Instead, yeah, you, that's you his can role. tell Cactus yeah. Jack was about his wrestling, I feel like. You know what I mean? That guy was way of a... He was, he was impactful. I mean, he was like... You, just that mask is so creepy, too. And he's pulling his, like, hair out of his head as his character, bro. And that's, oh, that's Kind. Oh, my bad. Cactus Jack. the intense one. He's the hardcore... He's the... Uh, with the chairs the and stuff. He yeah. walked down with the 4x4 four four with the... The wire, wire on, on it. Yes, there you go. So... The last character. Cactus Jack comes in... This is where Cactus Jack plays in the play. This is mm. where he does the Munich, Germany event where his ear gets cut off. Oh, that's right. Does the whole diving through the ropes... And gets caught up looking like as if he's getting choked. Now, this is where in, in the show, Ric Flair comes up and they're interviewing him and they're asking about his. Now, the way I felt about Ric Flair, about this guy, about Mick Foley was, you know, he, he respects him in a way. Mm-hmm. Back then, I don't think he, he appreciated him enough just because he didn't like his style. As far as I'm concerned, the old school wrestlers did not like the style of wrestling that Mick Foley was bringing up because they felt it wasn't true wrestling. Mm-hmm. They felt it was more. You're, you're you're just 
doing some really hardcore stuff that's really not for the fans. You know what I mean? Not actual wrestling. So when that whole ear Germany thing came out where he got his ear cut off, you could tell he was a he was a friggin' he was not a big fan of that. Mm. He he really dogged him out. He really was like, This guy's an idiot. It's like you should be like me, be a drinker, go to the bar and have some <laughs> you know, go some women, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like he wasn't like that. He went in no, I mean Macaulay at that one? time I think he uh Yeah, his wife. He had his first oh, wife, so well, he wanted to be with his family. No, I think when he cut his ear, he wasn't with her yet, was he? Mm-hmm. Oh, he was? They were together. They weren't married oh, yet, but they were, yeah, they were they, dating. Oh. Yeah, he had met her. So, I mean, he's not going to go with the uh, Ric Flair way because Ric Flair is that classic, you know, I had to be the limo riding guy. Yeah. Believe it or not, I feel like when these guys, when they become the wrestler, mm-hmm. they forget, like, Jason Nixa, you know, I'm not, I'm not Arlene, Arlene, or whatever his real name is. He's like, I'm not him no more. Yes. He's like, I got rid of him. A long time ago. Mm-hmm. He's like, but you want to talk to me, wow. you're talking to Jake. Yes. And it's the same way like Steam, when he talks about when Steam, like why didn't Steam want to come to JJ? He's not saying, I'm Steve Borden. I, you know, I just didn't want to go because, you know, I didn't feel right. No, right. he's like, what are my Stingers going to think when I go there? Yep. Do so you ever realize wrestlers believe they're this person? They're that character. They take yeah. in that persona and they, they go with it. Yeah, you know? they live it. They eat, you know, they live it. They dream it. They sleep with it. They eat, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Right. It's but, the same thing with it's same with stuff with Austin. He embodied his character. It was he's now Steve Austin in a way. Like that wasn't that's not his real name. Right. But he embodied it because that was just his personality and who he was, and it just came out of him. So now it's that persona he has to carry with him throughout the, the years. Rock. Even, even, the rock. even when he tries to be Dwayne Johnson, everyone knows you're not. You're not Dwayne. Or yeah. like Ric Flair. Yeah. They know Ric Flair. They woo every time. Mm-hmm. And where you go, dude? When I was in New York, and we we're gonna go to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Anytime I've been on my way to WrestleMania, like we're you're walking in the hotel lobby, you hear people who are on their way to WrestleMania. Woo! Mm-hmm. That's the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, it was like shit. Even in the freaking train ride, you would hear people going woo. <laughs> and just one does it, and everyone else starts. You hear a pattern of wolves going everywhere. That's, so <laughs> That's good. That's good. Now, after this, we get an incident with him, with Eric Bischoff, not being too happy with McFoley's performances. Because of Ric Flair. Because of Ric Flair. Haters. And Rick, <laughs> Bischoff, the problem with Bischoff, he, allow, like, he allows other wrestlers to manipulate him. Mm-hmm. You've seen it with Hulk Hogan. You've seen it now with Flair. Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. Mm-hmm. So that's why Bischoff has messed up three times in his life because mm-hmm. other people have said, don't let this happen. Mm-hmm. He lost Austin. Mm-hmm. He lost Brian Pillman. Mm-hmm. He lost Mick Foley. All because other wrestlers were other wrestlers were hating on these guys. Exactly. They did not see the diamond in the rust, mm-hmm. basically. So soon after that, he leaves to Japan and wrestles with IWA. And that's when we get the big Foley versus Funk, Terry Funk match. The death match, basically. The very first original one, I guess you would say, that hit mainstream and becomes an iconic match to even that people talk about to this day. So I think I didn't fully watch the match itself, but it's not my style. It's not my style. It's barbed wire as ring at the ropes. It's yeah. freaking explosion. It's glass. It's yeah, it's a little it's it's intense. It's intense. It's like ECW times 100. So it's a, a little out of my league there. But that, that becomes into play. He gets a lot of heat there. Once he gets this match, he goes to ECW. Paul Heyman sees him. He says, come on over to ECW. I, you're perfect for my business. You're perfect for me to get, you know, discussions around. I think it good was or a, bad. I think it was a great fit. 
I think he I thought so too at the time for him. Yeah. Yes, perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that night, you asked, what was it? Oh, they, they brought up about the night that Mick Foley goes to the crowd and he's like, "Throw me a chair," and then everybody starts throwing chairs in the ring. Well, there's two opponents still inside mm-hmm. the ring. Like that was even intense. Like got a lot of I, I did not. I remember seeing the highlight clip of that. Mm-hmm. Throughout them showing uh, ECW in general, like being a highlight type of industry, but I never knew that was because of Mick Foley. It started from there. Wow, I did not know that. No, like, me neither. I've seen that clip so many times. I never knew that Mick Foley had something. What to do started with. off? Yeah, exactly. He was a start off like, "Hey, fan, uh, throw me the chair." Okay, yeah, gets the chair. Then all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. So like, bother, so yeah. bother. So like freaking thirty chairs in there, and the like the crowd had to, not the crowd, but the industry ECW themselves had to do the announcement. Please stop throwing chairs in the ring. Please stop throwing chairs in the ring. And then they they were just all extra hyped up. They're like, "Yeah, throw more chairs." It was easily a couple hundred chairs, <clears throat> right? Easily. It was stacked. Up like a freaking pyramid in the middle, like that was you know nuts. Would have been messed up if there was a chair shop next door. <laughs> <laughs> guys, like chairs. Hey, come over. We here. went out the chairs and be like, "Hey, guys, I'm <laughs> back. We got more." And it's a like big line just like passing the chairs, throwing it in there. <laughs> That's actually pretty crazy. So soon after that, we get that promo about his son. There was an incident in ECW where there was somebody who made a. Um, Made a, uh, what is it? Like a sign? Yeah. Make a sign for the fans. Had his son's name, but I forgot what it was. Kane Dewey or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Kane Dewey. Which, and according to what Mick Foley explained, was something about hitting him. Like, kid him with something, right? Oh, Kane was the Kendall stick that they used to hit people. Yeah. So that was the name in Japan. It was his finisher at the time, wasn't right. it? Yeah. Well, they were using that a lot during the industry. Right. So I think what it was is that it was that name in Japanese, if I'm not mistaken, for the word of it. So his son right underneath it. Exactly, right underneath it. So basically meaning hit my son with Mm -hmm. one of the kendo sticks. So then we get a promo from Mick Foley, and it was awesome. It was intense. It was, it draw you in. It was fire. You could see the, like, the deep feeling in Mick Foley was really dope. And then a little bit after that, WWE comes calling, which is pretty cool. Translation? Now, this is where him and Vince meet up with each other, and Vince has Vince says, "I got good plans for you. I want to put a mask on you now." McFoley's like, "I don't know if I want a mask. Doesn't seem like me. I'm not used to a mask. I got hair. I don't have an ear. Where's it gonna go? Da da da. Like all that type of stuff." It's like, I feel like because of that promo, people were intense with me because of my facial expressions. Mm-hmm. So what's going on here? So he's like, "Don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. We're gonna make this mask, and it's gonna give you emotions." It's good. Yeah. So now he becomes and embodies mankind, which is dope. Wild, oh, good character. Wild character. Love the character. And as I was trying to say that, yes, he's definitely <clears throat> emotional character. I mean. I did not realize how much, like we mentioned about ripping the hair off. He yeah, had, literally had a bald I, spot when he got married. Yeah, I remember being young and those were like, yeah, yeah. Those, that was like one of my first like wrestlers, like watching him come into the WWE at the time. WWF. Yeah. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and I remember him coming in there. I'm just like, man, this guy's crazy. And mm-hmm. then he had the promos, and his yep. matches were, I mean, amazing. Yep. And just, but just that, ah, he just looked crazy. He looked like he was being in insane asylum, you know? Exactly. And that just Perfect. shows that emotion with it, though. It was raw. It was really raw and intense. Dude, the weird part is I already knew that wrestling was K-Babe, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I already understood the way the things worked and everything. Mm-hmm. But... At that time, I was already favorite favorite team Undertaker and Bret Hart. Right. 
when Bully comes in and starts beating up Undertaker, I hated Bully for a while. Yeah, that's mm. right. That was one of the, mm-hmm. like, the first people he attacked, right? It was the, like, you felt like Taker was the good guy, Foley was the bad guy, basically. Even though promos, right? he's like, I don't hate you, Undertaker. Right, right? <laughs> yeah, it was weird, like, it, te- yeah. But it was so into it, like, oh. Yeah. But the one, the weird thing about it is, um, you know, now that I know, like, at that time, I knew wrestling is, uh, is all scripted. Everything right, right. is all, like, you know, planned predetermined, out. planned out. Yeah. But in my mind, even though I knew that, I was so, I always get stuck into the screen when something captivates me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why are they letting this guy beat Undertaker all the time? You know, I'm, I'm still a teenager. I'm like, why can't they let Undertaker beat him once? And yeah. every time I'm watching, I'm like, I hate this guy. Mm-hmm. And he'll be in the ring, like laying on, you know, sitting on the chair, like on the floor, doing that little, like, uh, where he Cry, starts like, like, uh, rocking yeah. back and forth, yeah. rocking back and yeah. forth. Yep. And they start playing a piano song, so it's like, calm mm-hmm. down, you know, time yep. to go. And he's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. How do we go from that to the car crashing theme song? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I never knew that either. That's yeah. true. That's very true. He knows what he was doing. No. <laughs> no, yeah, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. But the car crashing theme song, I, that was always, that was pre-made from uh, Razor Ramon. Just the beginning. But yeah, the little scratch. And then all of a sudden the beat is a little different, but yeah, that was good. I'll kind of call that. Now, you, I was kind of already stated between a lot of the fans or a lot of the people that worked for Mick Foley that Vince wasn't really too happy with Foley himself at all. Hmm. He was not a fan. He saw his work previously. Wasn't really what he was looking at. It took a long wanted. time to sign him to WWF. Exactly, and it wasn't. It wasn't for Bruce Pritchard and everybody else that said you need to get this guy and bring him here. He's better for the industry. Like mm-hmm. we can use him. So that was pretty interesting. Kind of said nonetheless. Undertaker right away is wanting to wrestle against mankind because he knew for a fact, like you just stated, that oops, excuse me, that they had a good feud. That he knew that he could do something with the character of, for the simple fact that they were both dark and mysterious and coming in that unknown status. So again, all to that whole that whole time frame and timeline of them facing each other as opponents, the greatest stuff ever in the industry. Awesome, great rivalry, like big time. Mm-hmm. Now Mick Foley right away to help. Took to help with producing promos. I think that's one thing a lot of WWE, the the crew itself, really took to liking Mick Foley himself because he was in the promotion production. Like, show me the light this way. Give me, come from this angle. Go, coming from here, put little lights in the background. Like, he was involved in a lot of that stuff, way wow. more compared to other wrestlers. The elbow, right? Remember, did he change the elbow scene? Mm-hmm. Yes. From, instead, of, instead of the angle... Of him jumping off the top rope, he wanted the impact. That's of the very elbow. true. That's correct. Yeah. That was right in the beginning of his first setup before he went to WCW. It was one of the indies. He was telling he was telling him, you know, hey, come from up, look from the bottom, so that way you can see me diving down with the elbow. He's like, why? He's like, because it shows like I'm coming out of the TV screen. So like that was even a good idea. So right off the bat, you get the simple simple understanding that Mick Foley is totally different. He's into he's into the things. It's weird, but did you realize <clears throat> that impact looks so feels so different? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're watching someone just jump, and you're like, oh, okay. But when you feel it, like you see him coming in when you're cu- when he's coming downward. Yeah, yeah, yeah it feels all different. All you see is just his body dropping. Uh-huh. You never know when he's in the drop. It feels like he's actually dropping on your. Yep. your yeah, like you see him coming from uh-huh. the corner of the screen. And he just bow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like oh shit. 
You know that effect is kind of like the horror movie effect. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why he kind of took a liking of for watching TV, like watching movies and stuff. He was a fan himself too, mm-hmm. so that's understanding. Um, a little bit after that, I want to mention about Bruce Pitcher. So the do love character comes into play. Mick Foley's talking with Shawn Michaels. In the midst of the conversation with Shawn Michaels, Shawn's like, "Who did you really? Did you really think of this guy character? Who did you really want to be? And all that type of stuff." And Mick's like. Well, I wanted to be like you. Not you, Shawn Michaels, per se. But, but like a ladies' man, like a, a mm-hmm. lover type of... Yeah. And as you remember, he was doing all the little clips of Do Love in there and when he was young in high school and stuff, jumping off the house and all that type of stuff. And Bruce Pitchard overhears this and says, show me the clip. I want to see this tape. Let me see you everything. Sees it, falls in love, Fucking shows it to Vince. Vince falls in love, love as well, too. Let's do it. Let's give you the... The do love character, right? I want a t-shirt, by the way. You're right. <laughs> Anybody other listen to that t-shirt? Give me a do love, love with the peace sign, too. So dope. Uh, what I want to mention about Bruce Pritchard is how much credit should we give him in this WWE Attitude Era, as well as era in general wrestling? How much credit should we give him? Director RJ, that you were my first option, you know, in this. So I'm looking dead at you in that. <clears throat> Thanks, well, I'm a chip again. That's fine. I'll edit this part out. All right, so, rejects. Is that my chip? <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah, I actually like that part. Um, I think that Briz Picker, just like Jim Ross, and even Jim Cornette, they all deserve credit for what they attributed into the company. Mm-hmm. Why did I keep getting these big words, man? What's happening with me? I don't know, man. You're thinking real good, though. Yeah. Coming out real good. But, yes. It might be the chips. Like something. <laughs> the mixture of beer. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I agree. Like he, They do. They need to be more praised in this and not just Vince himself. My thing is, I think a lot of us wrestling fans already know that it's not about Vince at all. He's not the main guy that thought about any of this stuff. No. It comes with a henchman. It comes with the team of people that sat there and dealt with the wrestlers face-to-face on an everyday moment. That has seen the merchandise, have seen the entrances, have seen the wrestling matches, and understand the fans' reactions and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And here's another question I got for you. And a quick one. Okay, looking at, <clears throat> as we speak today, you know, today's modern wrestling era. Mm-hmm. Look at Bobby Lashley. Look at Drew McIntyre. Look at uh, Roman Reigns, even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you realized ever since Bruce, Bruce Pickard came back in mm-hmm. and uh, Paul Heyman have been more involved? Yes. Do you realize that their characters have evolved better? Yes. Compared to how they were like so stale back in the day? That's true. Even the new days, like starting to feel more alive. They're starting to feel themselves more. Correct. You know? They're starting again. To get back into the rhythm again. Yep. And you think that's because of Bruce? Yeah. I think so. And Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I feel like it's because you. what made us love wrestling back in the days was the the build-up to a character. The simple fact of someone, you, you like this character such as McFoley or Mankind at the moment. So you give us promos. You give us understanding. You give us feeling. You give us emotions when it comes to that. And then you bring him out in matches and then he shines like no other. He gives you a great matchup, especially against Undertaker. Like, no, they tell a story within the freaking match itself. You know, they go intense. They know when to go slow, get the beat up, and they get the crowd kind of bringing in. 
and then hit you with the big combo or whatever type of thing. So it's that aspect where I'm glad that this new team, Paul Heyman and Bruce, are actually really involved in all that. And I appreciate that a lot more. Because, yeah. like I said, they are getting that proper buildup. Like, Bobby Lashley, he got that buildup before he Especially won that title. that new, you know, that new entrance, that new mm-hmm. build of Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. I'm liking it. I'm liking the new entrance of freaking Roman Reigns. Yeah. The music and stuff like that. That's intense. It goes and good. And even Drew McIntyre. I mean, <clears throat> back then, he will just come out, you know. Yeah. He just walk out like oh, know, big and bad. Now yeah. he does the whole knife inside the whole thing, like he's Scottish. Like Scottish. So I love like, it. I love that too. That's pretty Black cool. Bastards, no, <laughs> <laughs> so all in all, now we get the whole um, all three, all three of Mick Foley characters. We got Dude Love. That was a pretty cool thing that he did with Stone Cold for a good while. Mm-hmm. Then he has a, a beef with Triple H. So now all three, uh, this is the one coolest thing. I remember, I know you guys remember this one. On Raw, they have all three McFoley's. They have Do Love and they have Mankind. They're talking with each other. They're like, what do you mean yeah, he's coming uh, back? Do oh. Love's supposed to have a match against Triple H. Right. That was the idea. But yes. Do Love pops up on the screen. He's like, hey. Yo, that's not my up? style, baby. Yeah, I'm not about <laughs> all that pain and anger, baby. <laughs> but I got somebody, daddy, that will come out there and give you what you need. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I love the Do Love character. I, I like yeah. being Do Love. And Definitely one of those. Shout out to my brother, uh, <clears throat> brother, brother. Brother Berto. Okay, Brother Berto. I came Your brother, brother. Got it. Yeah, uh, your brother. Brother Brother, <laughs> brother Berto. My brother Berto. I, I hope he's watching this. When Dude Love appeared the first time, like when he first showed up as Dude Love and he's out there like doing the stance or anything. Yeah. Uh, Berto's like, that's Captain Jack. I'm like, no, that's Dude Love. At that time, oh, I didn't yeah. like think this guy might have wrestled other companies. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Berto's like, no, but you know, he's like, I know, that's Dude Love now, but he's like, but in a different company, he was Cactus Jack. Ah, and so he was already watching it before. Yeah, That's he cool. knew who yeah. Cactus Jack was from yeah. different companies. So ECW, he told me he's from ECW. I'm like ECW. Mm-hmm. Like, you're you're yeah. like lost. <laughs> I'm like, what's ECW? I knew about WCW. So I'm like, what's ECW? It's like a street championship wrestling. And you're like, oh yeah. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm gonna look that up now. And I got into watching uh, Public Enemy when they were in ECW. So yes. I started watching ECW because of Brother, Brother Berto. Mm-hmm. So now, back to you, you know. Um, so here's Doolove introducing Mick Foley. Uh-huh. And then Doolove is like, you know, here's Mankind. So Mankind comes out. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then they're like, no, not me. I'm not like that. Or like whatever voice <laughs> he does. Like, you know, Just I doing wanna, all three of those I wanna, voices. You know, yeah. I can't. I can't. Express myself right now in this type of match. Yeah, <laughs> it's not my style either. Like he's saying that stuff like that. He's like, no, I want to give, I want to punish him more. He's yes. like, something yeah. like, I want to bring out somebody. I brought a friend of mine who's gonna punish him more than what I could do. Yeah, it was definitely iconic. That shit, was, right? Oh my gosh, it was, it was so one of the coolest things on Monday Night Raw during the Attitude Era. That mm-hmm. was so dope. Yes, that was so iconic. I love that moment too. The whole. The fans itself erupted the arena. Like, they knew who he was. And when oh, yeah. they saw him, they're like, oh, my God, like, that's crazy. I bet they were waiting, like, when they saw Dude Love, just like my brother. You yeah. Know? They when is that curtain like, coming out? When is Cactus Jack coming out? Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. he brings this out. He gets all crazy. He brings the trash can. And he starts walking out there. And he does his little bad interest. That, that, was, that whole time frame was pretty cool. I think he had pretty epic matches, too. That's when he fought with Terry Fong against DX mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. And had their little... Uh, what was that? That dumpster one where they the threw dumpster the dumpsters match? off the thing? Yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. That was dope. That was crazy. That was, that was amazing. too, I believe. <clears throat> 16, one of the two. That was crazy. 
That was wild. Uh, then you got a little bit after that. I think he goes back to being Mick Foley. Mankind. He goes back to being Mankind, right? So he goes back to being Mankind, mm-hmm. and then this gives us the Hell in the right. Cell, okay. Okay, okay, okay. the main Hell in the Cell, guys. The the iconic Undertaker the versus good Mankind. The good stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Hell in the Cell. So. None of them wanted the whole thing when it came to the Hell in a Cell. And Undertaker, right off the bat, did not want to throw him off. But McFoley kept pickering and saying, yeah. like, dude. For like a week or like a month or something like that? He, about, yeah, about a month. Yeah. Right before he it started. nagging at it. All the time. So sure enough, on the top, boom, throws it off. Now, Undertaker off the bat when he sees him, he's like, I do not. I want you to move. I need you to move. I do not want to sit here and think I killed you or any type of way. It's like, dead. this is exactly why I didn't want to do this. He looked dead. Right? He <laughs> was frozen dead. Then you started seeing his back going up and down like as if he's breathing. Mm. Then his right foot starts moving. And then now he starts getting up. Then everyone comes out. I didn't realize they lift the cage with Undertaker still on top of it. Yeah, yeah Mick Foley was talking about it. And Taker was talking about it. Where Taker says, so Foley's like, so now they're lifting this cage because I told the paramedic, I messed my arm up. I can't do it no more. I think more. he dislocated. Yeah, he dislocated his yeah. arm. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, now, you know, so they got to get... The um, stretcher on the ring, yes, to get McFoley to get out and take her at the top of the still. He's holding the rope. That's the crazy. He was holding that rope that brings it up and down. That way he doesn't like fall off or anything. Yes, remember how that thing was like very loose and Mm -hmm. they were walking. Mm -hmm. So take her new. If I I'm in a good spot right now, yeah, anywhere I move, it might break and now I'm higher up. Correct. So he's like, I'm gonna hold on to this and make sure nothing happens. Mm And that's crazy because even Undertaker t- said that, um, what's it called? That the freaking top of the ring was being held by little wires that was holding everything all together on the top. So that's when you, I remember we mentioned this a while ago, that he didn't mean to sit there and have the cage get broken into for the choke slam. Mm-hmm. That was a mean, that was a never meant for it to yeah. break and for him to fall. That it was breaking while they were wrestling on top of it. Yeah, and I didn't realize why as they're walking, that part of the cage also f- broke in right before he got thrown off. Yeah. Like, that was even crazier. Wow. So, Mick Foley gets back up, has this epic moment of the underdog. Like, I, I'm this fight of the dog is not done with. I'm coming back up there. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to show you what's up. Goes back up. Yeah, right. Gets, <laughs> <laughs> goes back up, gets choke slammed, and then becomes that choke slam, right? Mm-hmm. So, as the chair falls, hits him in the face, and uh. I believe it was right after that, we get the iconic tooth in the nose image mm-hmm. and him like trying to lick his like i think he's using his tongue to figure out where where the where the tooth is and he's like, bloody he mess. said mm-hmm. uh in an interview he said i was doing that so i could get a good screenshot for everybody to like look at me and, yeah you know, exactly like, crazy he was already was thinking ahead like with the promo like he was already shining it and making that iconic moment it makes you think because dude just fell off the cage once mm-hmm Dude's getting taken. Now, this guy is climbing up the cage with this dislocated shoulder while yep. Taker's climbing up the cage with a bad ankle at the same time. Yeah, he broke his ankle, he yeah. said. Undertaker did? Yeah. yeah. Undertaker yeah. broke his ankle. Before and it was, that match, they both were like in... Taker was in straight-up pain. Mickey ended up in pain afterwards. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> but uh, makes me think, probably, I think McFoley was in... Uh, I say were in the state of he didn't know where the hell he was doing anymore. Yeah, yeah, just pushing just, yourself to the limits at that right, point. Exactly. Know? I think the minute he hit the floor and he's on that stretcher, all of a sudden something just clicked like climb up again. All right, let's go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the adrenaline kicked in, like, let's get up there, bro. Like go up there. So 
A little bit after that second choke slam, or that first choke slam through the cage, not down to the ring. Mm-hmm. It's not enough for Mick Foley. It's not a, enough at all. Goes under the ring, pulls out a bag of freaking tax. Now we get the tax mm-hmm. m- moment. Mm-hmm. Pours on the tax. And this is my thing. I didn't know, realize that was all in the same match. I yeah. always thought that was the second Hell in a Cell that they had with each other, and that was the second one. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that. Yeah. So now... You get the freaking tax in there. You get the choke slam. You get the body backdrop, if I'm not mistaken, where he was holding on to him. The crazy part is Mankind brings out the tax, and he doesn't even get Undertaker on them. Thank you. It's all about him. It's all about him getting pained and punished. He's like, bro, slam me on this. Yeah, right. (laughs) And wild, man. It's so crazy. After the match is done with, they go to the back. And what made Undertaker so, like, crazy was because... Mick, Mick, Mick Foley goes and asks Undertaker, you good? Everything okay with you? You all right? Yeah. Uh, like, bro, I got a broken ankle. I'm fine. But you, you got a dislocated shoulder. You got a choke slam off top. Like, Tax what? calling you. Tax <laughs> in your back. You got like a hundred some tax that are pulling out of your back. Missing tooth. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure and, you're pronounced dead like two minutes ago. Exactly, <laughs> right? I'm pretty sure that that was you. Died as they were pulling you out. And all of a sudden you come back like, let's do it again. Like, oh my gosh. Like, it was crazy. So, that get, that right there gave so much respect from The Undertaker himself. You know, like, that right there gave him that respect. And, uh, again, I think everyone and respected Mick for that. Undertaker was the locker room leader, so. Exactly. Big time. Yeah. And a little bit after that, Vince, it, Vince had stated, too, as well. Like, Mick, I respect you all in all what you're doing for the company. I respect you for making this company what it is and what's going in the direction. I don't want to ever see that again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't ever do that again at all whatsoever. So that was crazy. Like, he respects the fact that he put the industry on the map where they had to be talked about you afterwards. Can't, you can't hate on that, bro. That, like, not at all. No, so no. now it's that's pretty much where it goes with that. So that's pretty cool. Now, the birth of Mr. Sacco, because as we were discussing earlier, they go on a stalemate with Mick Foley because now you don't know where to go. You got all three characters involved. What, what are you going to do now? And... This is where Vince gets a messed up ankle or something like that, dealing with the um, timeline for him and Stone Cold, the little beef they had, <laughs> and ended up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pulls and it out. Even Stone Cold's reason why he's in the hospital either. Yeah, exactly. It's Taker and Kane that messed him up. <laughs> Mr. Sucko! Oh, it's me, Mr. Sucko! That's so wild, bro. <laughs> he's like, I got a present special for you. Wait. <laughs> he's like, it's Mr. Sucko! Oh, in the hospital. Hey, in the hospital. Who and even then, I remember that scene. That was my favorite scene. Like, Especially with Vince and him, the few that they had. Stone Cold goes after freaking Vince, knocks, messes, like beats him up a little bit. He mm. grabs the pan, grabs the pan, clunk him, glass him over. Ah, shut up, dude, pan, yeah, knocks him out. That was pretty, pretty cool. I, I remember that. My favorite scene, tell you. Big time. And then a little bit after that, we get the whole Mr. Sacco. What made it more cool and more intense and entertaining was the fact that he would pull it out anywhere. And mainly was leaving right here in the nutsack and basically just. Nah, what got me is he pulls it off his sweaty foot, bro. Like he unlaces <laughs> that, that his boot. Sick. Yeah, that yeah. was the first time I've been anything. Takes the whole sock off and he's just like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Puts that person on the. No, I don't want nobody feeding my mouth. Oh, what the on. hell? Like, imagine if you're the opponent and he's talking with you and he's saying, you know, hey, we're gonna do the, we're gonna do a Mr. Sacco. What do you think? Uh, as long as it don't come off your nasty ass feet, right. I'm fine with that. Like, I'm cool, whatever. Or even that sweaty balls put. Right here in the hip. What's the matter of having right here in the hip, I pulling it from the hip? Do that later on, right? Like he started nope. moving it. No, he moved. That's the thing. He would move around all around. They even said it. Like he would move it anywhere and anywhere because it made it. 
So, and made it questionable to the fans on where he's pulling it out from. It's that aspect of the surprise. You know, exactly. You know? So that's uh, uh, that's what that little uh, thing they had. Uh, yes. That's a hell of a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> right. It definitely is. So that became a phenomenon. A little bit after that, Mr. Vince Russo hyped up Mr. Sacco. So that's why I wanted to mention that too as well. Vince Russo hyped up Mr. Sacco. Once he did the, the scene with Vince in the hospital... Vince Russo saw that and he's like, "You gotta do that more. We got you gotta see that more. Like it that we I I just I know it. And sure enough, it becomes a phenomenon. So thank you, Vince Russo, for hyping that up. I praise you on that one. They started selling freaking socks with the damn (laughs) socks. Exactly. When you really really couldn't, they did. Like you really couldn't buy that at the store and make your own for like cheaper (laughs) the price. Like really, really, it's crazy. So thank you, Vince Russo, for that one. Uh, then after this, Vin- Mick Foley becomes a top-selling author. We all knew throughout the whole time frame of the show that he was into writing. He was into you know talking with p- the people in the back, the fans, not the fans, the um, the other wrestlers, his locker room, and kind of showing them stuff, whatever, how to do things. So he becomes a top-selling author. I didn't read the book. Did you guys read the book? You yeah. read the book? Yeah. You ever no none of that? Okay. I don't know the books about it either. It looked weird. Uh, but it was phenomenal. Pretty cool. And then it was pretty funny how they're asking the girl fans, like, what do you like about him? And what, what is it about him that makes you so cool or whatever? Uh, it wasn't his, his looks or anything like he's so handsome or whatnot. Mm-hmm. The little girls were like, oh, he's so nice. He's, oh, yeah, he's right, a really yeah. nice guy. Nice, yeah. sweet. Like, I'm sure you've never seen any of his matches in WWE no. at all. <laughs> like, if you're going to sit there and right. say he's a nice guy, yeah. it's totally off. You're totally off road. Your right ideal there. of nice is very yeah, really off. Yeah. Thank you. Your meter is really <laughs> jacked up. It's not really working properly. So fix that meter. So that was pretty weird. I wanted to mention that too. Uh, Foley becomes world champion after this because obviously the big push. Everyone surprisingly loving him after the book. And to be clear, it was world heavyweight, right? He gets world heavyweight. That's okay. correct. Right. Monday night becomes world heavyweight. And everyone goes but bonkers. Mm. Crowd goes nuts. I myself went nuts when I saw he became freaking champion. He just Stone Cold comes and just <laughs> exactly so, helps yeah, out. Yeah, as yeah. soon as you saw Stone Cold comes and helps him out, you already know. Oh, he's gonna win this. I'm Which like, is one of the raw ways to come in. Just yeah, all right, you. All right, win this match, bro. Yeah, be done with it. You so, helped like three different yeah. wrestlers win the championship. So, yeah, Stone Cold yeah. helped uh, sure. The Rock win it. Mm-hmm. McFoley win it, and Vince McMahon win it. Yeah. Oh wow. That's true. That is true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's weird. Crazy. Oh, yeah. I think the funny one when he helped this man when is that he stands there, he just beat up Triple H. Yeah. Each scenario is either the rock or triple H. Somebody yeah. getting beat and up. This one he beat up Triple H and Triple H is like laid out on the floor. He's looking at Vince and he just had like a little smile on yeah. him. He's like, Oh, okay, yeah, That's let's smirk. put this guy on top of Triple H. Come on, rap. <laughs> Count him out. <laughs> it's nuts. So, you know the weird part though, um, I'm not sure if you have it mentioned on there. What's up? That ECW was winning in the ratings war. No, I did not. So they're winning in the ratings war. They're like kind of like ECW or WCW. WCW. Okay. They're winning, winning in the ratings war. Yes. And Eric Bischoff tells Tony Schiavone. Oh yes. Dude, That's correct. Um, announced that Mick Foley's going to win the championship today on Monday Night Raw because they had tapings before and they knew everything was happening. That's correct. So Tony Schiavone's like. Oh, that's going to put butts in seats, like making a joke like that. Yes. Ooh. Everyone went from, oh, he's going to win it? Yeah. Okay, sorry, JCW, but I got to go to watch this. Exactly. That's yeah. That's and true. that was the first night of everything kind of going off and off with the meter between the Monday Night Wars. Because after he did that, 
that's definitely when, what's it called, fans were really intrigued on in what's happening in Raw on a consistent basis. Right. For them, that's what broke the 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 that was the, the time frame of them winning of WCW that broke the time frame. A little bit after that, now it was a battle between one another. They were whooping each other every other week, and then obviously consistently it became WWE. So that's true, very true. Now a little bit after that, obviously the title reign didn't last very long. I think it lasted maybe two months, possibly mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. No, the actually, next or a month, no longer too, because it lasted all the way to the Rumble. Oh. Then he lost. I, I think this happened before SummerSlam, if I'm right. Then he, uh, it happened, I believe, before SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And I think he held it for like two pay per views. Oh, no, wait. Oh, actually, yeah, it didn't last long. I think it happened in December when he wins it. Yeah. He loses it at the Rumble, wins it back. Ah, I gotcha, wins it back. Okay. At that's a true. Super Bowl match. That's, there you go. Called Halftime Heat. <laughs> that's really well, weird. Between him and The Rock, this is where a lot of wrestlers get this little, like, they try to copy The Rock's gimmick. Yeah. I saw it in, uh, AEW recently. Mm-hmm. So The Rock. Starts beating up McFoley in the office area. Yeah. He picks up the phone. He's like, Smackdown Hotel. <laughs> He's like, no, no, I'm sorry, but McFoley can't come right now. He's a little tied up. And he goes, man. And McFoley with the phone and starts tying them up with the cord. Oh, my gosh. I think I remember that, though. Yes. Okay. Um, that was pretty interesting. So, a little bit after that, um, then we get Beyond the Mat footage. Um, if you guys don't know, Beyond the Mat... <laughs> Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. So, here's another funny part of the same thing. So, he's beating him up more. So, yes. <laughs> he goes, gets the phone. He's like, Matt Down Hotel. He's like, oh, I can't, you know, Mick Foley can't come right now. Mm-hmm. He's getting his ass kicked. He goes and kicks Mick Foley right in the butt. <laughs> the hell? Yeah, that was the definition of him getting his butt kicked, you know? Right, so. So yes, yeah, so now beyond the mat, you guys is a documentary TV um, documentary se- movie okay. movie. Sorry, I was gonna say series, but it's actually docu- documentary movie. Um, came out in October twenty second, nineteen ninety nine. If you guys want to look for it, look for it. It is available on YouTube um, to buy. Obviously, of course, or to rent. Um, Google Play, Vudu, Amazon Prime. So if you guys want to look on there, um, and if you're able to, go for it. It's a documentary that was made back then. Um, I guess interesting. Just showed you behind the ropes of what's going on with the wrestling industry. Now, during the filming, this is the time timeline of Mick Foley having the title. He faces The Rock. I believe at you, like you said, John, at Royal Rumble. And at Royal Rumble, if you guys ever watched that one, uh, basically The Rock handcuffs Mick Foley. Then all of a sudden, hits him with the chair. But not just once. He hits him at least ten or fifteen times repeatedly. Yes. Now, in the midst of all this, this is the very first time, and I believe the first and only time, that Mick had his wife and kids present watching the show. So, Beyond the Mat shows them crying, their, all the pain that they were feeling when they were seeing Mick Foley get hit with so much chair shots. Um, they even The wife even had to get the kids and leave. Now she calls the daughter and grabs the son and right. walk out. It's a it's a bad image, nonetheless. It's a very bad image. Me being a parent, it, it kind of I feel for the mom. Like I feel for her, the pain that your your children are watching this and they don't know what's real or what's not real just yet. This is the time frame that they're learning all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's real because the dad's getting hit. That's nothing. He's getting yeah. hurt. Yeah, he's bleeding. He's gushed. Like it's crazy. Like a gusher. 
And <laughs> and now in during the pay-per-view, they did not show that. They didn't show Mick Foley's family at all whatsoever. So if you ever watch the actual pay-per-view and beyond, beyond the mat, you could tell the difference of you can hear them in the pay-per-view, but you're not watching. You can't see them, per se. So if you guys ever watch it, it's pretty crazy. Um, in the show, they in the A&E right now, they mention that. And they mention, you know, the heartache that the wife had. And obviously telling him, like, you know, making sure he's okay, but also saying... Like, we're going to have a big talk about this when we get home. Like, this is unacceptable. So, yeah, you know, pretty intense. Pretty intense. And, and it was actually his idea for his Thank you. family to be there. That's correct. His <laughs> idea. And even at that, his idea to hit him so many times yeah, with the chairs. That's right. He according to right. according to him, yeah. that was all his idea. He, he, tells told, Rock, he tells Rock to lay into him. Like, yeah. Exactly. Bro, like, he tells Rock me. to give it to him and all that type of stuff and really go at him. Mm-hmm. And for The Rock, I know you weren't part of the documentary. But I know if they would have asked you about that, I'm sure you would have said your apologies to the family and all that type of stuff. Right. Now, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure after this, for the fans who are cancel culture or whatever, they're probably going to go after them for that for some reason. So just FYI, but just be mm-hmm. careful. Mm-hmm. I, I believe The Rock, in the sense of like, it's part of the show. It is what we have to do. Oh, yeah. I apologize for it, but, you know, that's just part of the show. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see if it goes from there. A little bit after that, that's when Mick Foley decides to retire. He's done. He's done with uh, I WWE. A couple of chair shots to the head. We kind of that, that gives it all. That's correct. Yeah. So after that, he knew he was done. Mick Foley then becomes Crisis Counselor, which is a very random. Rando. Right. Rando. You know, he. I guess he was doing okay with that. He for liked the job too, or just for was, people in general. Oh, okay, yeah. For really for suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. Yeah. So. It was pretty pretty interesting, nonetheless, but also a good deed, I guess you would say. Something that he could help with. So, again, if for those people who are out there who need some services and help, please, you know, look it up. Rent, call whenever you can. That's one thing I just want to mention before we move on. Mm-hmm. Um, now, after that, Mick Foley has the itch, like any other wrestler who retires, has the itch to come back and make another main, like another run. Another quick run. Retired. Yeah, thank you. So, Foley does re- return back home. Uh, to the ring, has a few matches with WWE. Has the WrestleMania match with the tag team with The Rock again against DX, or was it the Spirit Squad? Neither one. Neither Who one. the hell was? Oh, Evolution. Mm, no, no, not that one either. Uh, I'm stupid. My bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, it was Evolution, jackass? Yeah, you little jerk. I knew oh, it was yeah. Evolution. Yeah, so it was against all three of them. It was three against two. So okay, Evolution. That's right. Then, yeah. Then after that, you had the the Legend Killer where he had the feud with Orton. <laughs> then hmm, um, before actually, the Legend Killer is the thing that set up the Evolution versus Rock and Sock. Gotcha. Okay. And then Edge comes in. They had that big WrestleMania match there too, as well, with the table being on fire, getting speared off the rope. Yeah, epic, uh, epic and SG three uh, were there to watch it. That was cool. And then the last and final feud he had was with Flair. So that culminated everything to be done with his run with WWE again. So that was done with. Then he goes to TNA, wrestles for a little bit from 2008 to 2011. Obviously, that wasn't a great run. From there, even himself, Mick Foley's like, he went in a dark hole. He didn't appreciate what was going on. He couldn't wrestle no more. His hip needed to be replaced. Everything was basically going bad during that time frame. And then the crisis counselor, he couldn't do that job again. That kind of, he didn't feel up for the task. So then he takes he takes his fame and fortune to stand up. 
Ran- again, random, random. What the hell? Stand up. The jokes. Did you hear the jokes? Yeah, I know. I know. They were so dumb. Oh. <laughs> They're so corny. At this, They're point, cor- at this point, I'm like, okay, so it's ending, right? Because yeah, yeah. Like, yeah <laughs> the story just finished right like, now. Well, so we're done. So. I just think it's a very odd choice, though. I mean, I'm I'm always one for do what you want or believe in. Sure, right. Mm, so yeah, yeah, weird, totally right. Yeah. Weird. But I guess he does have some type of uh, goodness in that one because stand up he's still doing currently now. And as he was filming for the A and E special and he was doing the stand up, the right. the couple said, "Could you marry us? Are you ordained and all that type of stuff like that?" So he's like, "Oh, so you're asking me in front of the cameras and stuff?" I guess I gotta say yes, of course, sure, yeah, right. huh? So he does that. Um, I guess Mick becomes Santa, according to the wrestling fans, wrestling, uh, all the wrestlers like Edge. He becomes Santa, goes in every year to seize their family and say Merry Christmas. Another nice thing, a random thing from Mick Foley, but also you could tell the goodness of his heart this summer. So that's good. Uh, after this, that's pretty much how they end AEW, how they end, how they ended the show. Now, all in all, now I don't want to say grade the show because it's, it's a documentary, right? Yeah. So, how much more respect did you gain after watching this series? Was it Actually, a really my good telling? To you would be where do you place McFoley in your top ten? Oh, in my top ten. Mm. Or does he even make your top ten? Um, you know, I never thought about a top ten per se, but I think if I were to have to put a top ten in there, I would have to put him probably at ten. Probably at ten. No lie. I think I would definitely put him at ten because all in all, to have to have mankind, to have Cactus Jack, to have Do Love, all in one guy, had had to mean something. Like on like we just talked about. Like I remember the moments of him being becoming all three. I remember the moment where he gets thrown off with dumpster. I remember the moment where he gets speared. The moment he gets thrown off the hell in the cell. Multiple iconics. Hey, thank you. So it's like in my mind, it, it, for entertainment perspective. Has been awesome, has been great. So I would have to say he's probably in my top ten if I were to actually do a full list, okay. for sure, um, for sure. As as exactly Mac, if I had to put him in the top ten, I have to put him at five. And Ooh. now we're on this top ten situation. You guys remember when I yeah. I had I gave you like a top five the other day? Yeah, I wanted to take Shawn Michaels out of that top five. Oh, because you guys kind of know. After watching a lot of the documentaries, that, it kind of gives you a bad taste. He's doesn't just, it? I love the guy, but he comes off crybaby-ish. So, uh. and, and, and there's like speculations about how he ends his yeah, rivalries. I guess you should mm-hmm. say. So, mm-hmm. I just want to just move Shawn Michaels down a little bit, and, and now that we're gonna, you know, I want to put. You know, uh, Sean, uh Mick or Mick Foley, yeah, Mick Foley, all the way up there, definitely. If I had to, so oh, there you go. and that's just because, yeah, and that goes with the multiple iconic memories and just the, to have like a wrestler with multiple personalities as correct, and they were all like successful personalities. Yes, I think that's amazing, man. That's, yeah, that's entertainment at, at almost the peak. I think as so, a bet, that's right. I'm gonna put him at a strong five. <laughs> now, same thing, like. You, you know, probably go with 10. Uh-huh. Because, uh, you know, I've been watching wrestling in the 80s. I grew up with, like, the likes of Roddy Piper, Bret right. Hart. Social you Security. Know, Bret Hart's always my number one. Your Social Security. Your Social Security is at least 50. You're number 50 and all that. That's right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So, dinosaur, you know, direct, dinosaur Director over here. I watched, uh, I watched the Caveman days. When, there, you know, yeah. <laughs> you go down. I hit you. You hit me. Oh, I brace hand. I win. Ha, ha. Watch out for Dino. <laughs> I climb up yeah, that bro. big dino long neck. 
I jump and do elbow. <laughs> you woman, you yeah. man, you we, you root for me, you cheer for me. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a bad guy. You still help me out. <laughs> so, to me, Foley for like wrestler, wrestler, you know, pro type of thing. Number mm-hmm. ten, I would have to do ten for Foley. Okay. Now we're talking hardcore wrestling. ECW Extreme type of thing, yeah, Foley has to be number one on that. Yeah. Because okay. if I was to think about top five like extreme wrestlers I've seen before, mm-hmm. Foley is like one of those he's, guys. That, he's the A yeah. guy for sure. I definitely would put him in number one for that one for sure. I agree on that one. Mm-hmm. I think for all in all wrestling, I think I think what really puts me in that aspect is just because of the technical standpoint. Like the wrestlers I have up there were really technical in the ring. My top five were, are technical wrestlers, really, in, in all honesty. And I think that's what made makes it the investment in watching the show or watching a match. It, you got to have some type of technician because you got to know when to throw them down, when to hold them, when yeah. to give an intensity of, I got you in a chokehold, so now I got to bring you in. You like, know, let the, go, let the go. interesting thing the is when the choreography gets messed up in wrestling, yes. it's like really like sad. And it's like, mm-hmm. bro, like that's not professional. That, exactly. You know, it, it took me to watch a couple of the series to be like, yeah, like there's, there's choreography to that shit. And there's definitely, Correct. you got to be on time with that shit. Right. And the do. difference between McFoley and the rest of all the other wrestlers is the fact that he let, it's, he's always been great at that. He let you look like the good guy in the ring. He always really did the get, yeah. get beat up more so than doing the beating. You could say the chauvinistic thing, right? Was, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like he he did what he did damage on, but it, again, he was better out the ring than inside the ring. Mm-hmm. So that that's where I give him best of props. Yeah, because barely anybody could ever be fully in like a hardcore. Match. Exactly. Yeah, oh, and become the first hardcore champion at that, you guys. I, I talked real about that. That is crazy. So I that's one that I think step one. broke. I forgot who broke. It's the very. It was one of the first WrestleMania uh, heavyweight champions where Shawn Michaels won the Bret Hart title right before Brent Stone Cold won it, and then they transitioned to the big eagle one. Right. Yeah. So. That was that was the old old right, title. And he broke it. He like re he like rewrapped it, retaped it. Yeah. Put, they put hardcore. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, funny thing about it, and I'm gonna mention it's it right crazy. now, Zach. Uh-huh. The minute that hardcore belt became, you know, the minute that belt came out, mm-hmm. you realize we went right away into buying it and putting it in our uh, family, yeah. like. Oh, yeah. In our little standpoint yeah. with us, yeah, yeah we did. And that was sure. the first thing. Like the minute I turned it into like an open challenge belt, mm-hmm. uh-huh. everyone was playing for it. It was mm-hmm. f- more fun because of the fact it was open challenge, and were, like in the midst of like, let's say one person they had, we had a tag team match, and then somebody like was sitting down, like I got dibs on hardcore, I call for a shot yeah. or something, yeah. and, and somebody they, else would be like, me too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So now it becomes like a three on three or something like that. When we're doing it. It was like the open challenge was anyone could challenge, yep. and it didn't matter if it was one against you, right? Two mm-hmm. against you at any moment, at any moment, any moment you, you had to put that belt on. Yeah, that belt exactly. Go for it. So that was dope. So that's been awesome. So I remember uh, the guy who walked out a lot with that belt was Mark. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. He did. Mark became like the Crash Holly of our family right there. <laughs> because again, it was more, it wasn't just one on one. It was multiple people involved in the match. So Mark yeah. would always be the one to kind of slip in while everyone's doing their business on the outside, getting knocked out. Who's, one, two, three, done. <laughs> like, he'll be out. So I remember when I dropped my, I lost my championship belt just so I could play for the hardcore belt. Oh, <laughs> intentional L. My intentional. Yeah, like LeBron, like just intentionally lost it, like they lost the playoffs, huh? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I like the hardcore belt more than 24-7. Yeah, I definitely do. And, and it kind of took that meaning yeah. away. You know what I mean? Like, you got to add the hardcore, the meaning, because that, that, for that hardcore title to be involved and for Mick Foley to kind of say it's a 24-7 
like all around. Oh, that was actually BB- Crash Holly. Oh, it was Crash Holly that made it that way. Ah. So Crash Holly was the belt, and he's like, "I'm gonna make this the 24 seven championship all the way." And all that way. became so crazy. They That's went tough. through the ball pit era. Oh, like they went man. through the crap. Yeah, very intense. I remember somebody <laughs> hit him with the freaking frying pan and pinned him for the belt? Yeah. That's a worthy ass belt to hold for real. Yeah, <laughs> very good. So that I guess you guys that would pretty much then take what our A and E special of McFoley. Awesome, loved it. Uh, definitely recommend you guys watching it for sure. Of must course, watch, you guys must watch. Yes. Uh, final thoughts, Director RJ. No, you're chewing on a chip. Uh, final thoughts, Zach the Max. Since you ain't got Peace, nothing in your mouth. Love and soul. <laughs> <laughs> got you guys. Thank you guys Very for good. watching, man. Follow us all forms source, please. Thank yes. you for the back feed, and we we want more back feed. Please give us more. Okay, guys. Thank Not you. Sure. Love you guys. <laughs> We're closing this one out. Huh? Yeah. We're closing this one out. Well, right now, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, close that? No, yeah. <laughs> we are closing this one out. I just wanted to let y'all know that I'm still chewing on my chip. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I know. But we're not sponsored by Doritos, but these bad boys are tasty. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't have a bag of Doritos at your house. And we're open for sponsors. So and we're open for sponsors. <laughs> so if you want us to sponsor Cheetos, Doritos, Pringles, anything with O's at the end of it, Bootios, even Bootios. <laughs> We'll do it. Because we make sure you ain't booty. Other than that, thank you for listening to us. Uh, I'll let Tony close it out. All right, guys. Thank you all for joining us. It is me. Uh, we're ending the show right now at the moment. We are done with Mick Foley. We appreciate the documentary. It was phenomenal. Uh, gave us a good aspect on what his life was behind the ring. And it really, you know, gave you, like you said, all in all, what we got out of it, it gave us more respect for the guy on what he did for the company, even that with wrestling in general. The, the path that he, you know, took for a lot of wrestlers that now follow is a good path. It's a very good, righteous path. Yeah. Um, so that's great. Thank you guys for joining yeah. us again. Director, Arzik, take over. Yeah, sure. Take okay. it over again. But when you ask me about where, what do I think about this AEW uh, uh-huh. show? Uh-huh. I don't just want to give it a thumbs up. I want to give it a bang bang. Oh, oh good step in there. I love it. Yeah, hell no, that's good. Well, if I'm gonna give it, I'll give it a hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> That's how you end it, bro. Yeah, that's how you end it. That's yeah, pretty good. All right, guys. For y'all, thank you for joining again. Follow us. Look us up, rejectrunout.com, and you'll find us there. Take it easy. Thank you.